0: Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: This episode of On the Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus.
2: It is one of the great events in the early life of Jesus, and it's also part of the Christmas story. In today's program, we're going to take a closer look at the Gospel of Matthew, and specifically, the visit of the wise men. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah. Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, part one, a verse by verse audio commentary, part of our larger Understanding the Bible series. Welcome as we learn about the wise man's visit to Christ and his parents. This is recorded in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. One of the things I note that in Bethlehem, one of the great industries is olive wood and olive wood carvings. People pay A little bit of money or sometimes a lot of money to have a wonderfully crafted, hand-carved nativity set, complete with a stable, a manger, a baby in the manger, Joseph and Mary, shepherds and wise men, all linked together. And it is interesting as well that we believe that these two visits, visits—it's basically they've compressed the whole story into one event, the shepherds and the wise men, as if they knew each other, as if they were together, and as if, now this will rattle a few cages, as if all these events happened in Bethlehem. You know what? We can't be so sure. I know this, the visit of the shepherds definitely happened in Bethlehem, because it happened shortly after the birth of Jesus. But the visit of the wise men, let's look closely at the text. And friends, look, if you have a nativity set and you like your nativity set, by all means use it. That's fine. And enjoy the holiday season. And let it be an opportunity to share the gospel. I remember one thing we used to do in our church is we had an open house for Christmas. Because we were in a place that basically Christians were in the minority So we had open house so locals could come in, see a Christmas tree, hear the Christmas music, the carols, perhaps be exposed to the Christmas story, the biblical story, that is, one way or another. And I'm telling you, locals came out of the woodwork to see how Christians celebrated Christmas. And as I commented in another program, that it's amazing that Christmas continues to be popular in many parts of the Western world, though there's been opposition by progressives, some progressives, that is. But in the non-Western world, Christmas is catching on like an Australian bushfire. It's amazing the places that are celebrating Christmas, even though, (laughs) let's be honest, in some of those places they're clueless what Christmas is about. But they like the tree, they like the gifts, they like the festivities, they like the big meal on the day. I mean, who wouldn't? So, back to the point. We're going to learn about the visit of the wise men. And it says here, starting with Matthew chapter 2, it says the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Okay, that's verse 1, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. In this, we're going to see that the wise men came from far, from the east. They came to meet as it were, the Christ child, the king of the Jews, the son of David, and their purpose was to worship him. Now, friends, we can pay respect and homage, perhaps, to earthly monarchs, but do we ever actually worship them? Are we meant to worship them? Well, some of them do want to be worshipped, and that's why there was collision with the early church, because Caesar wanted to be worshipped, even though he is at best just a monarch, an emperor. But do we normally worship earthly leadership? Well, the answer is we better not. It's only God we should worship. But here you have not just a person, but a child being worshipped. And this was totally acceptable before the Lord, because, of course, he is the Lord. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. And as we learn about Jesus, he fills every requirement imaginable. For the singular position of Messiah. We're going to learn more about this in just a second. Now it's time to read the entire passage. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. This is entitled The Visit of the Wise Men. Again, it's Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Uh, repeat it. Matthew 2 1 to 12, Visit of the Wise Men. he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod They departed into their own country another way. Our reading is from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12, and our lesson is called The Visit of the Wise Men. So far, here in the Gospel of Matthew, apart from having an extensive introduction and background, we learned about the genealogy of Jesus, linking him to David and Abraham, fulfilling two amazingly important Covenants. We also read about how his birth came and how the angel of the Lord dealt with Joseph. And Joseph, a just man, a righteous man, obeyed the angel of the Lord, took Mary as wife, adopted Jesus, and gave him his name. Now we're going to learn the birth details and that so much of the life of Jesus is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And remember, Old Testament prophecy is written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. The fact that he fulfilled all these things is one of the great proofs of his identity as son of David, son of God. So the birth details of Matthew 2, verse 1, we learn that Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. This is qualified by saying he's in Judea because there can be Bethlehems elsewhere. I'm aware of one that's in Galilee, whether it's Named that way from ancient times, I'm not sure, but Bethlehem of Judea is like saying a city and a state, so that you have no, shall we say, confusion or misunderstanding the exact location. His birth, it says, occurred in the days of Herod the king. This is talking about Herod the great, which means that Jesus was born before Herod's death, which occurred in the year 4 BC. Now, I would say a good guess of when Jesus' birth happened was either in 6 or 7 BC, and we'll find out about that in a moment. Now, I know it's a little bit strange. How can Jesus be born in BC, before Christ? Well, it's very simple, friends, that those that did the calculation of our modern calendar, they they did a wonderful job. But in this regard, They got it wrong by a few years. Not a problem. Shouldn't undermine our faith in the least. The fact is that our calendars are orientated around the time of Jesus. That's how much influence he's had in the Western world, that the calendar is based on him. Although, as you probably noticed, there has been an attempt to go from year designations of B.C. and A.D. to B.C.E. and C.E., in other words, this is not the C doesn't stand for Christ. BCE means before common era, and CE, which is meant to be, or AD, is common era. Well, I'd like to keep it as it is, and so I use it as such. All right, AD and BC. What do we learn? It's Herod the Great. Herod ruled from 37 to 4 BC. And wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Now, we do not know how far east they actually came from, but the usual statement or guess is that they were Persian Zoroastrians. It's only a guess. The wise men went to Jerusalem. Apparently, they were able to have an audience with Herod at his palace. Now, for those of you that visit the Holy City, just remember the Jaffa Gate, and that at the Jaffa Gate is the citadel. The citadel is built on the foundations of the three towers of Herod's palace. We have, I think, we still have the foundations. We don't have the towers. They were, of course, pulled down. But the foundations, yes. So Herod lived in the palace when he was in Jerusalem near Jaffa Gate. In fact, right next to it. And then the big question. The wise men ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And that's in Matthew 2, verses 2 and 3. They go on to say, we saw his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, of course, this is a very sincere and innocent question. That's why they had come a long distance. That's why they brought costly gifts with them. So that's all fine. However, you're not dealing with anybody. You're dealing with Herod the Horrible, Herod the Great, who was very, very insecure, paranoid, And had murderous intentions. He murdered his wife. He murdered his sons, according to the historian Josephus Flavius. And he murdered them for the most ridiculous reasons. So, of course, he's going to have murder on his mind, too. Now, why? What can a little infant or a toddler, how can such a person be a threat to an old, gnarly king? Remember, this is the secret. He, Herod, was called King of the Jews, but he was appointed King of the Jews. He wasn't of royal blood. He wasn't even a proper Jewish lineage. He wasn't accepted that much, if at all, by his Jewish subjects. They despised him. They thought he was ruthless. They thought he was boorish and perhaps unrefined. They loved the temple he built, but that was about it. They didn't necessarily love him. And he could live with that to a point, but he couldn't live with a rival to the throne. Because, after all, he's Roman appointed. He couldn't win over the people. But the wise men weren't looking for him. They must have known he was king of the Jews, that Herod. But they said, we want to see the one who's born king of the Jews, born to rule. This was too much to bear for Herod. He was troubled by their question And apparently, all Jerusalem was with him on that. So then, of course, Herod, who doesn't know his Bible very well, in Matthew 2, verses 4 to 6, he inquires where will Messiah or Christ be born. In fact, he demands to know where he'll be born. Not because he wants a geography lesson, but because he's got an evil intent. And so, the simple reply comes from the scribes and the teachers and all that. Well, Messiah will be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And then they proceed to quote from Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Now let's listen to Micah 5 2 written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art now the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. It actually goes on to say his going forth is from old, even from everlasting. So, it was understood Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And this is no coincidence. You know why? Messiah means son of David. Where was David from? That's right. He was from Bethlehem. So, the son of David will come from the same city as the father, David. Bethlehem. Which actually in Hebrew, Beit Lechem, means house of bread. And Jesus says, I Am the bread of life, in John chapter 6. So, it also says his going forth is from old, from everlasting. I believe this is actually speaking of his pre-existence, because he is the Logos, the Word of God, who was God, who put on flesh and dwelt among us, as per John chapter 1. So, when did the star appear? Matthew 2, 7. Herod privately asked the wise men, what time Did this star appear in your country that has now led you to my country? We suspect it was about two years earlier, as we're about to see in verse 16 of Matthew 2. And so Herod dispatches them to Bethlehem. He says, go to Bethlehem and tell me where this child is so I can come and worship him also. Herod, of course, is lying. He has no intention of worshiping anyone except the one he sees in the mirror or the one that sits on the throne in Rome. His intentions were malevolent. He wants to kill the child because after all, as I said, if he can slay his own wife and sons, what would stop him from slaying the Christ child? So it says in Matthew 2, 9 to 10, that basically the wise men didn't necessarily follow Herod's instructions their guide was the same star that appeared in their country and has led them all the way through. So it says they followed the star, and when they found where the star stood, which could be anywhere, by the way, the appearance of the star caused them to rejoice exceedingly. And of course they go into the house, Matthew 2.11, entering the house, which implies they may have gone to Nazareth since... Mary and Joseph did not have a house in Bethlehem, and nor did they have relatives in Bethlehem, apparently, to take them in during the time of the census and the birth of Jesus. There's no room in the inn. They met Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they worshipped the child, and then they brought out three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The reason we say three wise men is because there's three gifts, but the Bible never says there are three wise men. We are only just surmising. Finally, Matthew 2, verse 12, a divine warning. God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So, they went home another way. The suspense is going to build as we get into the next lesson. But our lesson here is called The Visit of the Wise Men. What is our lesson for life? Many prophecies were fulfilled by the advent of Jesus because he is the centerpiece of prophecy. Revelation 19.10, that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We want to help you become future-ready with value-added articles and content, and they include articles about the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for Matthew, for the story of the wise men, and we pray, Father, you will inspire us to look carefully at your Word and to remember that when we come to church, in our home, in our little little altar place, or our family altar, we are also to worship Jesus. And as we do, we honor you, and we bring blessing to all. In his matchless name, amen.